They say the world can be hard, cruel, and ugly. Trust me, it gets worse if you're hungry and thirst. Doesn't push you from position, last place to first. Can't build a foundation without having feet in the dirt. So I put in the work, grind harder than most. I don't chase accolades of the living, I'm facing a ghost. That's what makes me the GOAT. Depending on who you ask, my brother, whatever task. Got it covered like a mask, guaranteed they can't see me at the open run. Cause I cook competitors until they look well done. Don't act like you don't know where I held from. I had to climb about the trenches, sit on benches till my time had come. Don't be mad at the player, be mad at the game. Sneak this in the hating, that's a flag on the play. Me falling off, huh? That'll be the day I'm like, bolt in the race, leave the track, flambe, it's the open run. I'm not saying that to make a mockery of anyone. It's a thing that my nephew and I, who just turned six, he's a funny little guy. We'd wrestle and he'd punch me in the stomach and I'd act like we were in a karate flick, the old Saturday afternoon karate flicks that we used to watch as kids. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit older than you. As a matter of fact, I am. I know that. At least most of you who are listening. And so anytime he wanted to exact revenge his teacher being killed by me because I wouldn't give father rice cakes or something. I don't know. He punched me in the stomach and I go, you killed my teacher. And he'd defeat me. Or I'd do that to him and he'd say the same thing. But when I called him on his birthday, I said it. It didn't resonate in the same way. I don't know if it's culturally insensitive, perhaps, or that he's just getting older at the ripe old age of six. But it's something to consider. And I think about how his diction has changed. It sounds so much different from when I first really started hanging out with him. And when I started thinking about the words we were using or how we were using them, it made me think of my father, bless the dead. I think about him a lot. And I've probably said this myriad occasions here on the podcast, that words have meanings and these meanings form mentalities. And when I was walking into a Walmart not too long ago, don't tell anybody, there was a sign on the door that said, we strongly wish that you would not open carry in our stores. What exactly does that mean? You're just saying it, but you're not really enforcing it? Or is there a better way to say it more emphatically, more clearly? Words are funny, man. It's like a word salad out here these days. Word inflation, word deflation, the changes in, in how people present certain things for political correctness or to mask it. And we'll talk about that in a second. But first and foremost, allow me to welcome you to The Open Run with Will Strickland. And that would be me. The Open Run with Will Strickland is brought to you by the fine folks at Press. We are press.net. I can be found across these rough interweb streets at W underscore Strickland and the number one on Twitter. Will Strickland and the number one on IG and across all streaming platforms where podcasts can be found. And also at anchor.fm. People tend to get a little upset when you use certain words. I can understand it. I mean, it depends on what words you use and how they're being used, no? Like when Demetrius Jamel Morant said in an interview with Taylor Rooks from Bleacher Report that he would cook Michael Jordan if he played against him. People were in arms. I'm like, okay, but he's a confident young man. Why should he ever say that someone else could beat him? Besides, Michael Jordan is 59 years old. He cooked Michael Jordan for real right now. I don't care what you say. And we'll never know if he could have cooked Michael Jordan back in the day because he wasn't born when Michael Jordan was playing. How can I be mad at Ben Matherin? 
Montreal's finest, although Lou Dort might disagree with that. Going to Montreal this weekend for Vocor 21. Love to see those guys if they're in the air. I know Matherin's not, but maybe Lou Dort's at home. We'll find out. At any rate, you know, Ben Matherin said, uh, you know, the hashtag he who shan't be named has to prove to me he's the best to ever do it. When I get out there, I have to see. I can't, you know, just go on what somebody says. Well, my man, see, here's the difference. Michael Jeffries Jordan is no longer active. So John Morant saying that is just a fantasy matchup. You're going to get a taste of the 20th year veteran at some point during the season. If you don't think he's paying attention, we'll find out. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I'm not mad at these young cats. You know, the young Lions have to come out here and try to find a way to eat. The old Lions, they do what they do after almost 30 in the 19th season just to let you know they can still do it. It's never been done before. But I'm looking forward to it. And like with these situations, when I think about my dear old dad, Blessed Dead, he used to say that there are generally two sides to every story and three when you include the truth. Well, is the truth that Ohio Republicans are trying to legislate and enact a law where with their history books, they will tell both sides of the story of the Holocaust? Oh, now when I hear the term Holocaust, I do have questions whether I'm talking about the Jewish Holocaust or that Holocaust where 125 million enslaved black peoples were given all expense paid vacation, one way trip to the Western Hemisphere. To places like Texas, where in their legislature, they're trying to eliminate the term slavery from any of the books and now refer to it as involuntary relocation. Word salad. Involuntary relocation, huh? That's deep. What do you call what they've done with Roe v. Wade? Where on January 22nd, 1973, the United States Supreme Court conferred based on the Constitution, a woman's right to an abortion, to have control over her body. A bunch of old white men telling a woman what to do with her body. They did it again when they dissolved Roe v. Wade just recently. And it reminded me so much of the Margaret Atwood book, the Canadian author who wrote The Handmaid's Tale about this dystopian society. Seems like we're living in one right now with these laws and these draconian rules of the day. Everything is being governed by these old white dudes. Women's bodies being regulated, laws being stricken off the books so they can feel better about themselves and the evil that they've done in the world. Two sides of the Holocaust, involuntary relocation, The Handmaid's Tale. Even now they're dealing with Brittany Griner, still in a Russian jail, as they say wrongfully detained for more than 140 days, despite the dumb memes that are on the internet right now. She's 140 days drug-free, shut up. She's an American. Locked away in a jail in Russia. Now, I know she committed a crime. By law, by definition, it's a crime. So I was telling a woman what to do with her body or trying to eliminate the stain of the peculiar institution of slavery in America. You can't. It's staring you in the face every single day, fighting for its rights every single day. But we won't go too far with that now, will we? Brittany Griner had to plead guilty. It's a Russian tactic when they do these prisoner exchanges We've seen this before. So that they can save face, say that they let her go, but she knows she was guilty. And the exchange is often very uneven. Some super criminal, if you can call it criminal, super criminal. I mean, what determines what a super criminal is? But I mean, this guy's selling arms, they're trying to trade her for. 
This is not free agency. This is someone's life we're talking about. She has to plead guilty. Well, she is guilty of, you know, whatever they said she was. I don't know if she had some oil in those pipes or whatever she had. Vape pens full of hashish oil, which I guess is illegal in Russia. But, I mean, we also know about the Russian propaganda machine. Maybe this is a part of the tactic to get this guy out. She was stuck over there. They chose the biggest black woman, one of the biggest black women in the world, if you think about it. She's six foot nine. Her wife is distraught. She's been writing to President Biden. Biden said he read the letter. Great. What are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? And I question the efforting. Not only from the United States State Department, the President of the United States, I know the WNBA and the NBA are in the Players associations on both sides are working very hard to find diplomatic routes to get her out of there, but they don't have any power. And then we have lazy narratives coming from her head coach, Vanessa Nygaard. And I, I, don't, I get the sentiment. I understand her emotion behind it, but it's disrespectful to include this person in this conversation at all. She was recently quoted as saying, if it were the hashtag he who shan't be named, he'd be home by now. Perspective here. Brittany Grimes is a great player. She's going to be a Hall of Famer, without question. But there are levels to the Hall of Fame. Certain players will have their own wings. Michael Jeffrey Jordan clearly could have one. William Feldman Russell, Irvin Magic Johnson, the artist formerly known as Ferdinand Lewis Alcindor Jr., they could all have their own wings. This guy she named, he could have one of those too. So he might be a bigger bargaining chip than Brittany Griner. So is it true that he'd be home? It's easy bake answers and easy bake ways to kind of leverage. Oh, women are being, we know women are being discriminated against. We know, but she's an American, a person, a human being, first and foremost. And this divide and conquer, we've seen this before. This doesn't solve anything. I'm sure this man is like, what did I do? Why, why is my name in the mix? But as I'll talk about a little bit later on the podcast, there's a reason his name is in lots of people's mouths. The words they use around him. Good or bad, they're there. Word is bond. So stick around and come right back with our special guest on the other side of this on The Open Run with Will Strickland. Back to me more of what you asked for. It's the open run with Will Strickland in conversation with my man, Dominic Bakuteka. I don't say this well as he does. You know what? You know what I do say well? The 2022 Full Court 21 Canada Vancouver Qualifier Champion, Dom Dom the Phenomenon, on the screen with me right now. What's up, champ? What's good? What's good? The champ is here. (laughs) (laughs) The champ is here. What's up, my dude? You good? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just, you know, enjoying this nice sunny weather out here in Vancouver. Right, right. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, as I announced earlier, you are the winner of this year's coming back after COVID. Yeah. With a stellar field. We're going to talk about that in a second. But you are the, the all-world or all-Canadian champion for Vancouver, right? Getting ready to play in the all-Canadian final August 18th to the 21st in Toronto. We're going to fly you out here and let you do your thing. And we're going to talk about, you know, some of the goods you got, you collected on the way because to the winner go the spoils. But as I do, 
on each and every one of our podcasts. When I have my guests on, I have them run their resume. So, sir, if you would, please, word to Paul Melnick and Father Henry Carr, run your resume. <laughs> uh, my resume. Um, and I'm Dominique Bakateka as well. Mention um, basketball resume. I started off at um, Margrove Collegiate uh, High School, public school. And uh, from there, I was there about there until about grade 11. And then um, I left Margrove and I moved to, I played in the, the MPH League. What's the MPH for those who don't know what MPH is? So it's like, that's like the North Pole Hoops. I don't know if they still have that league now, but it's kind of like they're, they're probably, they're trying to like uh, orchestrate something for like the Toronto scene in terms of like, you know, the, the basketball and stuff like that. So they had their own little league, uh, prep league, sorry to say. And um, when I was playing in that, and then um, I played that like for about the half the year and then ended up coming back to Toronto. And then I finished off at Father Henry Carr uh, and played in the OSBA League. You know, I was doing my thing there. You know what I'm saying? What's doing your thing? What does that consist of, sir? I mean, I, mean, I, was, I was I was getting buckets, <laughs> man. You know, I was doing, You're a bucket, huh? I was doing what Tom does best, you know? I mean, at a point in time at the peak of the season, I was averaging about 27 points a game. You know, I was I was I was the leader. You know, being one of the oldest guys on the squad at that year, uh, you know, I was I was really given the the role of you know, like I said, just being a leader. And and in general, that's that's the type of person I am. You know, I'm a leader. You know, I like to I like to lead by example. You know, and mm-hmm. um, finish there. Um, and then honestly, after Father Henry Carr, I was kind of really dealing with like injuries too in the midst of my season. And um, that kind of just hindered me wanting to continue to play. Uh, so I didn't. So I sat out pretty much about two, two, three years. Mm. And um, and it wasn't until I had moved to Vancouver that I started getting back into things. And uh, my brother, he 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 was really the ones who really was in my corner through them ups and downs, and he really kind of got me back into playing again and loving the game again. You know what I'm saying? So. And then I'm just and I and I'm and I'm here now, you know. And then, well, let me, let me ask you, what facilitated the move to Vancouver? Like, what was the, like? That's a total culture shock from Toronto yeah. to Vancouver. It's a beautiful city. Don't get me wrong, but it's just 100%. a different environment altogether. Would you say? Honestly, I came to visit. I came to visit mm-hmm. my brother. You know what I'm saying? Um, he had been living out here. You know, he has his, he's doing his own thing. He has a job, whatever. And yeah, I actually came to visit them. And it was around the time of COVID too. So there was no really going on on either sides, whether Toronto and, you know, so mm. I just picked the opportunity, came out to Vancouver. And then honestly, I just, I just ended up staying, you know what I'm saying? I just ended up staying. And then, uh, and he, 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 he was the question. He was like, yo, so what are you trying to, are you trying to get back in? And then I was just like, eh. I mean, I, I I still got it. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, I I still got it. And then like, you know, we just slowly start getting back to him. And, and obviously, like, I really appreciate him doing that because that really like made me started regaining my focus. You know, like my motivation. You know, so it's like you know, that that's really how that came about. Literally, you know what I'm saying? Like. Well, I mean, you want to catch that? I mean, you see if your agent's calling you. <laughs> Listen, shout out to your brother for, for putting the battery back in your back, for sure. And we're so glad that you came out. And you're part of a crew out there in Vancouver that does a lot in the community. You guys are hooping everywhere. 
yeah. um, led by one of the legends of playground basketball in BC, period, in this country, period. My man, King Handles, yes, Joey sir. Hayward. Yes, so sir. tell me a little bit about Streetball Beef and what you're doing with that and what you've done recently before you got to Full Court 21. Oh, um, I mean, Streetball Beef, that, that, that was one of the foundations. I mean, aside from my brother um, helping me out, uh, Streetball Beef was also one of the foundations for me. Uh, when I first moved to Vancouver, Joey was actually one of the first uh, people, uh, person out here who um, who I kind of uh, kind of had that connection with, and he was really a genuine dude. And one thing I like about him, like yo, if if you go hoop, you go hoop. You know what I'm saying? And, and he'll rock with you for that alone. You know what I'm saying? So I met him, and then from there we he you know he started getting me in a lot of gym time. And shout out to Joey too, man. He he was really one of the 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 mother guy, like aside from my brother Tule, he really got me back into a lot. So, yeah, I started working with Joey a lot, training, probably like we train like maybe three times a week, you know what I'm saying? And then like him getting me back on the, the, the platform of just organized basketball, setting up mm-hmm. um, men's league games for us and the other guys that are part of Streetball Beef. And he just really trying to bring that culture to, to Vancouver because that's one thing I realized about Vancouver that they don't have is like that basketball culture like you know it's, it's all spread out you know what i'm saying like but he's really trying to bring it in a sense where it's like yo like it's a family as a, mm-hmm. as a part of it being about money and nah like he's like yo we all here we all brothers we're gonna hoop and we're gonna make each and one of us a better human being at the end of the day because that's what it's all about it's bigger than basketball so mm-hmm. joey really he really emphasizes that with street ball beef you know what i'm saying so yeah, streetball beef, like that's family right there. You know what I'm saying? I so, love that. I love that. I yeah. mean, it's always shouts out to the King Handles for sure. Um, for his role with the Nautic. You know, the documentary coming out on Netflix Canada soon, if I'm not mistaken, or HBO Max, one of those. Just kind of talk about their evolution in that community and continuing to grow it. And you know what you said about him, he is a genuine cat. And I love the fact that he was a part of this thing that that we're doing called Full Court 21. This was the most competitive field we've ever had. Like we had to get it for two years because of COVID. So last time we did it, your man Demi Sosa, who's a legend out there as well. Kids Beach, he's the boss. And he came to New York and did the same thing in 2019. He beat all these you know, players from different cities. We had over, over 30 cities on, on four continents playing in the all world finals in New York, mm-hmm. right? Some of those guys are talking about like, yo, I won my qualifier in Dominican Republic. I won my qualifier in San Jose. I won my qualifier in Philly. What's up with these cats in Canada? We're tired of Canada winning because, you know, we're in three pieces. I'm, I'm sorry. Just like Brub, man, on the fifth low. We in four-peat season in Canada right now. We got the 2017, 2018, and 2019 champions who've all played in the first two qualifiers in Toronto and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, oh, it must either, it's going to be Demi, or it's going to be Joey. Maybe my man Marty, who I like. Marty is nice and slick and, and crafty yeah, with the rock. Shouts out to Marty. But shouts out to those guys that we didn't know about. Shouts out to Omid, who played tough. Ulysses, who showed up in work boots. It's like, yo, I just want to rock. Like, yeah. that's the attitude you're talking about. You want those guys to come out. Hussein, all those guys. Jacob and Isaac, and both Jacobs, as a matter of fact. We had two Jacobs out there. My man Mayan, who I found on a court driving by the court in New West, 
right? <laughs> I saw him and went out there. I'm like, my man, I see how you get down. I want you to rock. He shows up. That's what this is about, creating that connective tissue and, and being a part of a basketball community and creating the culture. So you showed up, and apparently, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know who you were. And even Shireen, who's our sponsor from eBay Canada, was like, I have to be honest with you, based on what I'd seen and what I'd heard from other people and the guys that were supposed to be the guys, I didn't think you were gonna win. But you all you did was play steady. Everybody else was doing their thing, you played steady throughout. Tell me what your experience for the first time playing in full court twenty one was like, even before the winning. What was it like? What did you see and what you feel that made you say, Yeah, this might be the thing that is a part of that culture that we're trying to develop out here in Vancouver? Um, it's a good question. Um, very good question. Um, honestly, like you said, like, you know, I was playing like with real pace, you know, uh, like even me, like, uh, how I play the game, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a really, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a up and down. Like I, I go, you know what I'm right. saying? Like I'll go coast to coast if, if I, if I, if I want, you know what I'm saying? And, um, it, the, the whole full court 21, like it really, it really sets that 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 like that competitiveness, like, like it, it like doing five on five, like all that, like that's good, like but the one on five, like that's really challenging, like it it, it really shows your game, like because remember, when fatigue kicks in, that's when it really counts, right. you know what I'm saying, like that's when it really counts, so and and that's what I figured out, cause I'm just like, hey, these guys they want to run up and down, that's cool, but. Now, when I see that that kind of like that window open, like I'm, I'm gonna keep mm. going through it because not everybody's gonna be able to keep up, right? Oh, when we put them videos out there, you see some of them videos where you like breaking them off the bounce and, and finishing at the saucepan with either hand, right? That's important. And then one of the most key aspects of playing this game is free throws. They call them free for a reason. For a reason. You and there were guys that they were complaining to the referees. And complain about this and complain about that. And what did I say on the mic? What I'm sorry, the megaphone. Where's Thor? I wish I had Thor with me right now. <laughs> right? And I said, look, the referees won't save you. The rules will not save you. What will save you, sir? Only your game. Only your game. Word is bomb. Word is Only bomb. Game. And that's what you did. Like you defeated some guys that are really well known out there that lots of people who have seen those guys play expected to win but you didn't play against names you played against who's on the court and you competed against yourself and time like you said you had a strategy so i love that and um are you going to employ the same tactics when you come to toronto the all canadian weekend all canadian final oh yeah you know same energy is going to be applied you know i'm just going to be more hungry and that's that's the only thing like you know what i'm saying so and like i said to even speak on a strategic a level of what I do is like me, like there's even this one clip that I even posted where it's like they they, they try to double team. So my, what I do is I'm gonna attack the first guy, make him move, and then attack the gap. And that's what I even did on, like I said on the video I was talking about is like I attack Demi, cut through, attack the gap, and went straight for the lay because right. then. My with my speed and my athleticism, it's like if 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 you if you want you can't stay on your feet, you gotta be moving that because I'm 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 a goat. Man, you're built like a damn tank. <laughs> <laughs> you're in shape, 
And you really have to be in shape for something like this, man. And you stay so low to the ground, it's hard to rip you. Like, and so once you get to like going downhill, they got to file you or let you shoot. And that mentality served you well, right? But you weren't doing it recklessly. Like if they gave you the jump shot, you trusted your work. You shot the jumper. And if you don't shoot true on those double rims, you're going to get a long rebound, right? So it was good to see you go out there and compete. We're going to bring you out August 18th for the all-world or all-Canadian final. And like I said, you know, you might see some guys from different territories show up and like, yo, we come to take what's ours back. I mean, these American cats feel like, you know, y'all got what's theirs, but I told them a Canadian invented the game. So why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So check it. You're doing this. You play full court 21 against some of the best guys out there. You're going to play against these best guys from across the country. And just so you know, Demi Sosa, the 2019 All-World Champion, might or might not be a part of that as well. Because the all first All-Canadian Final, we might have to throw all the Canadian champions, All-World Champions up in there, you know, represent. It don't get easier. Uh, it only gets tougher. Get tougher. But you, 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 like I said, the vic- to the victor go the spoils. You want some things. Like, what was I saying to you on the court? Oh, what you got? What was it? Oh, that's that's light. That's right. That's like this is the beginning. So what did you pick up that day? Like you got a bunch of stuff that day. Oh man, I got um I got some J's. I just I just put them on yesterday. Did you feel right? Shit. Um mad comfortable. Um, right. I got some I got some tights. I got I got I got a Nike shirt. Uh I got some hats. Um I had a box right here. I got the shoes, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's like that? Yes, sir. And that's courtesy of eBay Canada, for those who don't know. Shouts out to them, our sponsor. Oh, what? Is that the Fraser Valley Bandits of the CBL? Shout out to them, you know? Yo, I'm, I'm working on getting tryouts for you guys at your, like, your local CBL teams. Yeah. Even having the tryout means something. So be on the lookout for that. I, I feel good about that. No, hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, even this alone will open doors. You never know, you know. Mm, get the Herschel supply back, but you're also getting an Xbox. That's serious. I don't even play video games like that, so I don't even know if that means. But you all know better than I do. I'm an old cat, so I, I don't know. I just felt like it had some value. So here, have it. Go ahead and win that. You know, um, over twenty five hundred dollars worth of free Nike gear. You know, three, four pairs of sneakers, some slides, some gear, you know. Always saying thank you for coming out and competing with us. Wow. How does that feel for you? I mean, yo, it's, again, I, I look everything in divine timing, divine blessing, you know. So it's like you, you, you work hard, you get the rewards. What you put in, like not even playing for the uh, the, 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 the 21, the um, stuff, yeah. You know, not even playing for that. It's just a matter of like I put it. I know I put it. What ground and work I put in, and these are just the 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 small results. You right. Know like there, there's always a bigger picture. So the more. What I is have, the bigger? So tell us the bigger picture for you. What show us the large picture, brother? What is that? What's large picture? I mean, want to be happy, peace. That's one mm. thing. Like, regardless of what I do, but. You know, I got, I got, I got, I got inspirations and, and hopes of, you know, playing pro one day, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and like I said, the, 
I, it, it's just what I'm going to do to get there. And mm-hmm. me just continue to grind, put in that work. Um, when things like these, it's just, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just me getting closer to, to, to my, to my destination in terms of what I want to do. So like I saying, just, you know, playing pro, and even if that don't work, man, I still want to be involved in, in, in some aspects of the game, whether it's working with kids, you know, and, and I even shout out to Joey. He, he even gave me opportunity to even do that with his program, mm-hmm. you know, uh, working with the kids that he's got already working with and just being around that type of environment, man, it's like, it's, it's such a blessing because when you look back, that this is the generation, you know, they, they, they got it forward. Yeah, you, you know, they got forward, man. Torch, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, just really, just really staying in the community, man, and just giving back. That's, that's I love that. Really doing, I love that. Man. I know that, uh, you know, we want to help try to provide at least the, the or facilitate an opportunity with two professional Canadian basketball leagues in this country now whether it's the CEBL or the National Basketball League of Canada, you know, there are opportunities to go overseas, scouts are everywhere. So they look for people who have a certain comportment, who can handle themselves, who are professional, right? Yeah. And even though this is like, as people would like to call it, we don't, I, I don't call it street basketball. We call it playground basketball. It's, the rims are still 10 feet. The rules are still the same. We just end up playing outside. That's it. That's it. Because the game translates from what somebody told me, you want MVP for something that they, they were playing indoor before this one. So you're in a, as I like to call them, losing strike right now. Yeah. That means you're winning all day, a day. I love yeah. that. So you were the MVP of what What was this uh, league or is it a tournament or something? Oh, for um the one we just played with, is that what you're talking about with, with, with Joey? He won the, uh, the MVP. MVP it was, no, you had the trophy for something. You sent me a picture. Oh, that that was the championship. That was the championship. Oh, that was okay. You were part of that squad. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, it was with Streetball Beef again. We we were was in the elite, the elite, the Rambal Elite Championship. Like basketball festival. It was a big festival. Yeah, it was a big festival. Yes, yes. And then we ended up playing on the on the on the whole, on the main court at the at the LEC, right where the mm-hmm. where the bandits play. So um, mm-hmm. it was it was it was it was good. But yeah, we. We were the underdogs in that tournament, and and, I, and I'm gonna say this: like at the end of the day, we was the only team who had no current post-secondary university guys playing, no pros on our team, just strictly guys who hoop and and play hard, and we was outnumbered that whole tournament. We only had like right. six, seven guys. Other right. guys we got like ten guys, twelve guys, literally like looking like a whole program, like. <laughs> it was crazy, man. It was crazy, but hey, like you said, only your game saves you. So, well, question y'all showed a lot of what I call Valentine testicular fortitude to win yep. that tournament. And when you talk about grinding over here, just so you know, we don't grind in the words of that immortal Negro poet, Fonte Lashad Coleman from Little Brother, the rap group from North Carolina, just work because, well, oil machines. Don't grind. Don't grind. Just do that work. Just do that work. You've been doing that. And I appreciate you coming on today. Let people know where they can find you, man, online because, you know, you're very mysterious in your IG. What does the IG stand for? Uh, YKS Heavy, man. You know, like, YKS, you know, that's 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 me and, like, uh, a few of my home my homeboys. We came up playing basketball, you know. So it's kind of like the Nautic in a sense, you know what I'm saying? Like. Okay. You know, we just really started a foundation. You know, we were just all hooping. You know, we just came together and, you know, just got on thin and 
heavy. I'm heavy. You know what I'm saying? They call me heavy because I, I, I love to eat. You know what I'm saying? I, <laughs> food, me and food, that food's like my best friend. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, yeah, they, they call me heavy. So that that's just really what it's about. But yeah, you can find me on IG, YKS Heavy. You know, I, I'm there, you know, but um, I'm kind of in the limelight. I'm, I mean, sorry, I'm in the, I'm in the, what do you call it? Kind of like the, Shadows. I'm in, I'm in like, uh, what, what, what do, um, John Morant, somebody working in the dark so you can see yeah, it in the light. Exactly. I see you. I already knew where you was going with that. You know what I'm saying? And, so, I mean, you, you say that and you're just talking about, some people might think you're just talking about basketball, but when yeah. we took you to the champions dinner after you won in Vancouver, you revealed mm-hmm. to us some things about some other things you're doing in the dark to have that foundation for you. And I think that's yeah. very important to share with these young cats out here that basketball is an avenue, it's a vehicle to do some things mm-hmm. and to, you know, create relationships. But what are you doing for yourself with schooling and everything? Oh, I mean, like, even me, like, you know, get, getting back into school, like, I'm, I'm right now I'm studying law, right? So, like I said, it's all about building foundations, like, Cause that keeps like we was even talking about like sometimes you just never know what you're able to do with the things you're already working on you know what i'm saying so it's like and that in itself it's like it's so undervalued because people are just always looking at the like you know what you're talking about like basketball is, is great right but sometimes you gotta look outside the box you know what i'm saying like you can't just what let box what box don't hold the box no box there's no thing exactly. that you want to do you do that. You do that exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like even me now, like just just using that, like school basketball, and and just being around the right people. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, even even meeting you, like even at that dinner, like you you shared some knowledge with me that I had no idea about. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate that a lot. And that's what I'm saying. Like I said, we're just gonna keep working. Like we're just gonna keep working. Yeah. And, Steel sharp and steel, young man, and, and we are proud and happy to have you be a part of the nice. family. And we're gonna see you in August. Let these other champions know you're ready to, to, to battle. And uh, I appreciate your time, my man. No, appreciate appreciate you having me. Honestly, appreciate you having me. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, let, let, let them guys know, man. You know, the Dom's <laughs> here and uh it, it ain't it ain't gonna be easy, but <laughs> it, it, it's gonna be hard. I'll tell it's you gonna that be one, fun. Bro. It's gonna be definitely it's gonna, fun. It's gonna be fun. I'm competing, so I, I'm I'm already, man. I'm already. All right, my man. All right, peace. It's been a long time and I shouldn't have left you. But our strong podcast is step two. You are now listening to the sounds of the open run with Will Strickland, where the lecture is conducted for the mic of the speaker. Let's talk some WNBA as we do each and every week on the podcast. And shouts out to Full Court 21 Canada, my man Crispy Murray, Mother Hardwood, that he created and we commissioned to use as a centerpiece in homage to women in sneaker culture and in basketball culture. We also want to continue doing so by having more women come out to the tournament across the country. We're in Montreal on the 16th of July, Edmonton on the 23rd, and ending up in Halifax on the 30th. 
along with the All-Canadian Final, August 20th at the Waterfront Neighborhood Center in downtown Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So please do come out and please support women in basketball and in sneaker culture because they rock too. Lots of things have happened since we last recorded a podcast talking about the WNBA, but we're at All-Star break now. We chose our starters for both teams on Team Asia Wilson, who was a co-captain along with Brianna Stewart from the Seattle Storm. They led the fan voting segment, so they got to do much like they do in the NBA. The leaders in the votes, one for one conference and one for one team, I guess, and one for the other. They both play in the same conference, as a matter of fact. So they were paired with additional co-captains and retiring legends. So Sue Bird and Sylvia Fowles of the Minnesota Lynx, Sue Bird of the Storm, were the retiring legends who were added to the team as well. Triple-double queen Sabrina Ionescu from the New York Liberty, Jackie Young, and Kelsey Plum from the Las Vegas Aces made their debuts in the All-Star game. And a nice little touch, I think. It was very smart, much like Major League Baseball does every April 15th, where every team and every player wears the number of Jack Roosevelt Robinson. Jackie Robinson, number 42. This year, the women all wore the number 42 in support and honor and in solidarity to Brittany Griner and her plight right now. Nice touch. The game was played in Chicago, home of the reigning and defending champion Chicago Sky. And when you look at the starters pool, Sue Bird, her 13th selection. Sylvia Fowles, her 8th selection. Unescu, as I talked about, her first. John Quill Jones, the reigning MVP of the league. And six, like she's, I think she's picked up every award, much like Giannis in the NBA. Her 4th selection. Neka Ngumake, her 7th. Candace Parker, her 7th selection. Kelsey Plum, as I said, her debut. Brianna Stewart, her fourth. Asia Wilson, her fourth. And Jackie Young, her first. These are the starters in the WNBA All-Star game. Of course, you had performers like Ryan Howard, who I think was clearly going to be the Rookie of the Year. That killer down there in Dallas, Arike Ongumbwale. Shooter. Shooter. She can score it, too. Love her game. She's out there doing work. Skylar Diggins. Skylar Diggins. Made the team, as well as Courtney Vandersloot. The veteran backcourt master there in Chicago. Kelsey Mitchell from the Indiana Fever. Still my team this year. Don't front. Don't sleep. I'm trying to tell you. Dierica Hamby on the front of the Slam magazine this month as a mother, an active mother, an active player in the WNBA. Congratulations to her, to Nafisa Collier. I can't remember who the other woman was. In the, I'm going off the top of the knot. So blame my mind, not my heart. Elena Deladon, Tina Charles. And Emma Misaman. It's a pretty tough lineup. All those players play well in Chicago. And a matter of fact, Kelsey Plum was the MVP of the game. But I think the thing that stood out to me most, outside of the 36-year-old Sylvia Fowles dunking the ball in the game. I mean, it's one thing when you're doing it. Hey, look, I'm old. If I can get one dunk a year, I'm happy. So Sylvia Fowles getting her dunk in that game, big time. Them wearing number 42 stood out to me the most. It's a really strong show, and I would love to see Brady Griner come back home soon. But the season must go on as we talk about it. And before the game, obviously, as they do with the NBA, there's a skill competition. There's, you know, the three-point shooting competition. There's no dunk competition, but I'd love to see a dunk competition in the WNBA. Who wouldn't? Maybe they'll miss as much as the men do. At any rate, the four-time, 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 Three-point shooting contest winner, Allie Quigley of the Chicago Sky, 
Is Allie Quigley the Steph Curry or Larry Bird of the WNBA, or are they Larry Bird and Wardell Stephen Curry the second, the Allie Quigley of the NBA? Good question. I don't know. You want to answer that? The skills competition was won by Sabrina Ionescu. She's tied for the lead in triple doubles in the WNBA. And with Candace Parker retiring at the end of this season, you can best believe that Sabrina will break that record and have a bunch more as she's the all-time leader in triple doubles in NCAA history as well. Won the skills competition. But we must get back to the season and talk about some of the things like the Aces slide and the sky not being the limit for Chicago. As we go into the Power 5 of the WNBA, at number one, the Chicago Sky. Yup, they're steady, they're solid, they're led by easily the best leader in the league. I know they might, some people might say Sue Bird, but Candace Parker is so inspirational to her teammates. With Courtney Vandersloop, she has veterans around her, she has young players around her. Kalea Copper is a dynamic scorer and, and defender and just all-around basketball player. Emma Miesemann, a big pickup in the offseason for them. They're looking toward back-to-back championships. I can see that being a real strong possibility as we move forward toward the WNBA playoffs. At number two, the Seattle Storm. Sue Bird, Jewel Lloyd, and of course, Brianna Stewart helping Bird Swansong be a great one. Could they make it to the finals? They could. At number three, the steady, consistent, always be there, Connecticut son, John Quill Jones. Look. They have to make a move this year or they end up breaking up that team, I believe, and moving on some of the pieces. Because if they, it's, it, to me, it feels like championship or bust for the Connecticut Sun. And number four, the Washington Mystics. Even with the injury to Elena Deladon, even with the defection, if you want to call it that, of Emma Mieserman and free agency over to the Chicago Sky, they're still competitive in this league. Shakira Austin doing work in the middle when Elena Deladon's not there, that tells you how strong of a team they have there in Washington. So salute to them. And at number five, the rapidly declining Las Vegas Aces started off as the hottest team in the league, the hottest start in WNBA history, as a matter of fact, have now lost five of seven, including three at home. They're on an East Coast road trip this week, looking to right the ship and right their wrongs. But as we say, and we, and we will always attest to, it's not how you start. It's how you finish, and we're going to finish strong here on The Open Run with Will Strickland. So come back for more right after this. Winning time on the open run. I want to thank my man Dominique Bakuteka. I like to say his name, just kind of go, but he says it better than I do. The 2022 Full Court 21 Canada, Vancouver, Bouch, the champion, overcoming greats like Joey Hayward, aka King Handles, and my man Demi Harris, aka Demi Sosa, to win well over $2,500 worth of prizes and a trip to Toronto to play in the All-Canadian Final on August 20th. So be on the lookout for that. And with that being said, it is now time for the news, views, and truths that you choose on the NBA and beyond. There was basketball everywhere around the world this weekend, this past weekend. The past couple of weeks, as a matter of fact, when you look at 
the NBA draft, which I had a conversation with my man Ryan Antonio Henry from Below the Hardwood. We went over the draft, the post-draft aftermath. You can find that on the Open Run with Will Strickland page and Anchor.fm as well. Be sure to check that out. Of course, Canada had the Global Jam. Free agency, which started July 1st at 12.01 a.m. Guys signing big contracts, a lot of money switching hands. We'll talk about that in a second. But Global Jam, which is a showcase of teams from around the world, hosted here in Canada by Canada Basketball, the sanctioning body for basketball in this country. Global Jam brought together teams from France, Spain, Brazil, Canada, the United States to play. Looked like a pretty cool event. Got to showcase some of the younger players here in Canada as they prepare for Olympic qualifiers and such in the next year or so. I enjoyed what I saw. There was a FIBA 3-on-3 event that was hosted and emceed by my man Andrew Miller, who was once a contestant on Big Brother Canada and also a guest with me on a show called The Hangout on NBA TV Canada. Good dude. Check that out a little bit. Lynn Sanity, Jeremy Lynn, who has a huge following here, a former Raptor himself, had a celebrity charity game. Adam Sandler was in town showing up randomly at courts after hustle. I still need to check that out. A lot of people told me it was great. I want to check it. The Canadian Basketball Hall of Fame ceremonies went on this past weekend as well. Shout out to my man, Tony Sims. And the star of the evening did not show up. Stephen John Nash probably having problems in Brooklyn trying to figure out who's going to be on this roster this upcoming season, but he was inducted as well. John Bitoff was the original owner of the Toronto Raptors along with Isaiah Lord Thomas III. Shout out to Isaiah. Talk about some of his words and how people were saying, look, Isaiah's still salty. What, what is he salty about? The truth? He did dominate Jordan and the Bulls back in the day. The only guy to have beaten Kareem, Magic, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan in the 80s. And I'm talking about to go to the NBA Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Championships. Yeah, Isaiah Lord Thomas and the Detroit Pistons. The mythology births the actuality, perceptions and realities. Wordplay. Colin Kaepernick was vowing to put a team and help the money woes of the big three. I did not know they had money woes. Ice Cube, what's up? Clyde Drexler, former adversary of Michael Jeffrey Jordan. NBA Hall of Famer, Dream Team Olympian. Clyde Drexler, the commissioner of the Big Three League. I did not know. But Colin Kaepernick, come in to save the day. We'll see. And of course, the world's most unique basketball tournament, Full Court 21 Canada, with stops in Vancouver, July 2nd, Toronto, July 9th, and now Montreal, July 16th. Yeah, we're going to keep it moving. It's not one-on-one. It's not two-on-two. It's not three-on-three, not four-on-four, not five-on-five. It is the world's only one-on-five application of the game. It's you against the world. No teammates. Bring your game. Get busy. And, of course, do work. You can sign up right now at FullCourt21Canada at Eventbrite.com. We're all over the place. And make sure you, you sign up to commit, compete, and conquer. For $2,500 worth of free gear from Nike, Xbox, Herschel Supply Company, New Era Caps, Size. Of course, eBay Canada, eBay Sneakers. Shouts out to Shireen, Josh, those guys over there. And shouts out to my man, Dwayne Watson. I know for years when we were doing one-on-one with Will and Dwayne on TSN here in Toronto, he always said he never watched Summer League basketball. I try to watch it sometimes. I want to see who the new and upcoming guys are going to be. Are there some standouts who maybe had a chance earlier, matured, went overseas, played, are going to be factors on some teams this year? I'm trying to figure out outside of like Jabari Smith, Paolo Banquero, Chet Holmgren, who everybody's like he is the new unicorn. He is the new darling of the Summer League. 
Who are those other guys who are standing out and making sure that their names are known when the season actually starts? I've been trying to figure that out. If you have any ideas, if you want to throw some suggestions at me, I'm more than willing to listen to them. You know my socials. Hit me up and let's rock. The drama around free agency has become its own season in and of itself. And it's definitely something that's great for the news cycle. Is the big money grip? You see guys like the Joker getting the biggest contract in NBA history. Five years, $270 million for Nikola Jermaine Jokic. That's J apostrophe M-A-Y-N-E. Or in the words of that immortal Negro poet, Ecstasy from Houdini. You can say what you want, just spell my name right. Spell Jermaine's name properly, please. Devin Booker getting that check, 200 bills. Bradley Beal, the only person in the league with a no-trade clause, $250 million, to stay in Washington. Like, people are like, oh, man, you don't want to win if you want to stay in Washington. A quarter billion dollars is winning. He wants to play basketball. People have different motivations for why they play. Would you want to win a championship? Absolutely. But at this point in his career, if he can create generational wealth for he and his family through playing the game and competing toward one, it's not a bad deal either. Not everyone's going to win a championship. But everyone in the NBA, they're going to get that check. They're going to get that bag. Even the smallest bags are in the millions so, shout out to Bradley Beal. And of course, Carl Anthony Towns. Getting big money in Minnesota. Shout out to my man, Joe Branch, up there in Minnesota, as well as that front office. And I'm wondering, what were they thinking when they brought in the contract and the stifle tower of Rudy Gobert, the multiple-time Defensive Player of the Year, shipped out of Utah and into Minnesota to form a... I don't know if they feel like the game is changing somehow, that small ball is out, and they're going to have big front lines again like they used to have in the 80s. But if that allows the self-proclaimed greatest big man shooter of all time to move out on the perimeter more, not have responsibilities inside... So be it. Minnesota's making big, big moves. What this also tells me is what they're doing with the man, A1 since day one, Anthony Edwards. He's about to be that guy. He has this star power. He has that ability. And we saw that not only in the court in the playoffs this year, but also in the movie Hustle that I talked about with Adam Sandler earlier. He and fellow NBA heir, Juancho Hernan Gomez, starting the film. Juancho did a good job from what I understood. I'm going to see that later on. But Anthony Edwards stole the show. Maybe he'll stole the show in Minnesota. Damian Lillard, two years and $112 million, $51 million a year, 30-plus guy. Hey, get it while you can get it. And he spent a lot of time talking about guys sticking it out with their teams and everything, and I get it. Bradley Beal's one of those guys. They never mention him when they talk about sticking with your team, but whatever. I guess it's because they haven't been in the playoffs that much. And Dame and the Portland Trailblazers had been in the past couple of years. You know, they don't want to push out for the grind. But word to the immortal Negro poet, Fonte Lashad Coleman of the rap group Little Brother. Just work, because well-oiled machines don't grind. If you're prepared, if you're available, you give a team a chance to win at the highest levels of this game and find the glory you seek and validation you seek to be a legend in this game. Again, word is bond. And of course, Brooklyn, the free agency is one thing, but this, what I like to call organizational malfeasance that's happened there in Brooklyn with Sean Marks and, and Steve Nash, let's be clear. There's no way in less than a year you get and lose James Harden. You basically lose Kyrie Irving. You disgruntle Kevin Durant if you can disgruntle someone or create a situation where he is disgruntled with what's going on in the front office, with what's going on with players. 
they had the super team, as you want to call that, in line. I mean, all these guys, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Wayne Durant, they were destined to win a championship. And now they're not. Is Kyrie Andrew Irving on the move? Is Kevin Wayne Durant on the move? His social media habits, ah, yeah, they're suspect. He moves in a certain way. I get it. But they could end up with a situation where there is no Kevin Durant who wants to be moved now. There's no Kyrie Irving. It's just Ben Simmons, the reluctant superstar, if you want to call him that. Organizational malfeasance for sure. Before I get out of here, I want to say thank you to some of the guys I, I, I played basketball with and some guys I met this past weekend as we were doing Full Court 21 at the Waterfront Neighborhood Center in downtown Toronto, who spoke about the podcast. Guys I didn't know listened. And they were so like ready to hear the next one. Talking to me about the podcast, I just listened. Because sometimes guys get in their feelings and they talk about, oh man, man, I would never listen to that. I wouldn't do that. But they're listening. And that's the funny part. You're listening because you know that the quality is here. Yes, that was the sound of me breaking my arm to pat myself in the back. Yes, it was. And I appreciate it. I'm humbled by it. Really. I really was. These guys are telling me, look, man, we love your podcast. Waiting for the next one. Because you're giving us stuff that you can't get on TV. It's not salacious. It's not a bunch of rumors. It's balanced. If anything can call balance, I guess. Some say I'm a, I'm a little too harsh on Michael Jordan. I'm not. I'm, I'm a fan, actually. I just also understand that two things can be true in the same space. I was asked a question recently on a radio station about the GOAT conversation, which is a tired one at best. I think that it's best served when you deal with the GOAT of each decade or each era. And that's an easier conversation to have because some of these guys, the game has changed. You know, the way it was played has changed over the decades. But again, some people say these guys could be players who played in any decade and they would be fine or any era and they'd be fine. And that's true. At least I believe it so. So the question was posed to me, who do you choose in this battle of the goats? The hashtag he who shan't be named or Michael Jeffrey Jordan? To which I simply said, well, there is no debate to tell you the truth. If people are still discussing who is the greatest between a guy who won six finals and who lost six finals, that answers the question in and of itself to tell you how great the other guy who lost the six finals really is. Don't be hurt by that. I'll embrace you. It's a safe space here. You can come back again next week on the podcast where basketball and life are one. So until then, do remember, do what's popular with the population. Make sure you don't get beat off the dribble and continue listening to The Open Run with Will Strickland. Rich kid who came down to the park with his family and supported Full Court 21, my mellow, my man. Do what you do when you do it easy.